Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, this is Morning Coffee with Larry, and I am glad that you are with me today. I'm always glad you're with me. I hate drinking alone, but I'm actually not drinking my coffee alone because in the early morning hours, I have a granddaughter that is also awake, and we've been visiting and talking about a variety of things, and um, so I've got somebody to share coffee with, except she's not drinking coffee. Uh, she's just kind of kicked back with a blanket, laid back in a chair, and looking at Grandpa going, I can't believe he's doing a podcast. So, but anyway, uh, again, Thank you for joining me today. Today is Thursday. It is the 8th of August. <sighs> Where's the summer gone? The summer has been going fast. Next thing you know, we're going to be talking about fall. But I won't say that because if I do, it'll jinx it. And the next thing you know, fall's actually going to be here. So anyway, I'm glad you're here. I keep saying that. Today... Uh, we're going to cover a different topic, a topic that just came to our mind, and the topic is insomnia. Now, I know from looking at Facebook posts that I occasionally will see some of my friends lamenting the fact that they have insomnia and they are awake when they do not want to be awake. And that was the case in the household this morning. My lovely granddaughter Camden and her brother were spending the night and there came a knock on the door at 3.45 and she could not sleep. She woke up and she was no longer sleepy and wanted to watch the TV in the other room. So it's like, yep, that's fine, but our internet is not working well, which is why I'm doing this over the phone and using data, because we are having internet issues the past couple of weeks. So I came out to try to work on the TV, and and that didn't work. So we've just had a lovely conversation for, goodness, over an hour, I think, about all kinds of things. And, uh, oh, she's correcting me about an hour and a half. <laughs> because <laughs> I got up shortly after 4, and it's about 5.30 right now. So I thought, let's talk about insomnia, and what is it, and what causes it, and what are some practical, <clears throat> excuse me, practical things that you can do about it. So as I drink my caffeinated dark Seattle roast coffee, <clears throat> What is insomnia? Well, basically, it's an inability to sleep. Now, people are going to have times on occasion where they aren't sleepy when they try to go to bed or they wake up in the middle of the night and they can't seem to get to sleep. And if it just happens on rare occasion, I'm not even going to call that insomnia. Uh, that's just, you know, you can't get to sleep. That's just, I woke up and I can't get back to sleep. But if it is a pattern, if it's something that's going on more and more and more, then we're probably looking at what I would call and others would call insomnia. And there's two primary types. At least I, whenever I'm working with somebody and doing uh, therapy with them to overcome insomnia, I will reference two types. One is initial, and that's when you can't fall asleep. 
It takes too long to get to sleep. And the other is middle insomnia. It's in the middle of the night, you wake up, you can't get to sleep. Now also you can have what some may call um, early awakenings where you're waking up earlier than what you want but it's not necessarily in the exact middle of the night. I kind of just lump that together with middle insomnia. So what causes patterns with problematic sleeping? Well sometimes we may have trouble falling asleep or we may have trouble getting back to sleep because of either worry or excitement. Uh, let's look at the excitement one first. Let's say there's something really neat, something really fun that you're looking forward to and you are kind of preoccupied with thinking about it. You know, um, you're getting ready to go on a vacation and you are thinking about it all the time and it's hard to get to sleep because if you're not doing something else, that's the thought in your head and you're excited about it. So maybe it's a vacation, maybe it's getting close to starting school for kids, maybe it's close to starting summer vacation for kids or, you know, Christmas break. Maybe it is you know, somebody's getting ready to get married, new job. Um I remember when I was 16 and I had just started work at McDonald's. And after that first day on the job where I you know filled out the paperwork that kind of stuff did some training and then they put me up uh, on the floor and I'm up there in the the I guess you would call it the kitchen area the food prep area and I am uh, I was being taught how to dress hamburgers and how to dress Big Mac buns so whenever the meat was done and pulled off the grill it would go immediately on the buns and be wrapped up that's how they did it in the old days and oh my goodness that night I was tossing and turning and all I did was have dreams about cooking burgers and I would wake up and then I couldn't get back to sleep because this whole experience with my first day at work was just very exciting and almost overwhelming now that's on the excuse me on the excitement side we can also have it on the worry side and when we have a lot of worry about things that are preoccupying us, then that can be a part of the insomnia. You can't get to sleep because you're worrying about this. You wake up and that's the first thought in your mind. You know, something bad has happened and you're worried about something more happening. Or it may be kind of along the line of, of depression, regrets. Uh, you just keep going over this this bad thing that was is happening in your life over and over again. So that can be one of the causes. Another is you're just simply not sleepy. Now why would somebody not be sleepy? Well maybe you're trying to go to bed too early. Maybe you're saying well I need to get up early tomorrow so I better go to bed early now. Well our minds and our bodies they are very much uh, into habits. We are habitual creatures. And so if you normally don't go to bed until 11 o'clock at night, and that's what usually works out for you, but because you're getting ready to leave, you know, you have to go to work early or you've, you've got to drive out of town or something real early in the morning. So you say, I'm just going to go to bed at 8 o'clock. 
Well, don't be surprised if you're not sleepy at 8 o'clock because it's very different from when your normal time going to bed is. You can also be not sleepy if you've taken too many naps. If you take naps during the day, then there's a good chance you may not be sleepy when it's time to go to bed. Think of it like, well, the way I describe it is there's, there's, I'll, I'll say, I'll use the term sleep hunger. How hungry are you for sleep? You know, there's food hunger, and we all know that very well, but then there's, think of it as sleep hunger. If you take, if you are grazing with snacks all during the day and now it comes time for supper, how hungry are you going to be? You're not going to be hungry at all. That's why, you know, parents always say, you know, when the kids come home from school and it's like, you know, I'm hungry. I want something to eat. Well, no, you can't have a, you don't have too big of a snack because we're going to have supper and I want you to eat your meal. And it's the same kind of thing. If you take naps during the day, well, then when it comes time for sleep, you're not as hungry. You have resolved some of that, that uh, sleep hunger by taking naps. So, you know, trying to, um, you know, when you take naps, you know, that can be a reason for not being sleepy. Some people get their days and nights mixed up. You know, maybe it's because you work uh, swing shifts. Sometimes you work a day shift, sometimes you work, uh, you know, a night shift, sometimes you work an over the night shift. And that doesn't always work for people. Uh, I would say probably, I don't have statistics to prove it, but I'd say probably 90% of the people who work swing shifts, sometimes day and sometimes overnights, they have insomnia. Because we're not supposed to do that. We're not, humans aren't designed that way. Um, actually, if you if you look at uh, sleep uh, and and how it's how we're really designed to work um, it's very different today than compared to say 200 years ago and it's all because of artificial lighting you know right now it's starting to get daylight outside but whenever uh, Camden and I were talking it was pitch black outside and the way that we were talking and could see each other is we had artificial light on and so you've got lights in your rooms, you've got, you know, portable lights. We have all kinds of things to let us stay up when it's dark. But now go back 200 years. Most people went to bed when it got dark and they woke up when it got light. Now we had artificial light then, but it was nothing like the artificial light we have now. So let's say you had like with my ancestors, 200 years ago, um, they were uh, in Virginia. They had cabins that they lived in. And the night lights were either candles made from beeswax, which there's a limited supply. You know, it's not, it's, we didn't have paraffin then for candles. So you use them very sparingly. Or you had oil lamps. Now 200 years ago, if you were not if you were along the coast, it was used it was done with whale oil. 
However, if you lived in the interior, it was hard to get whale oil to you. So if you had pigs and you butchered them and you had the fat, the lard of the pig that you rendered, <clears throat> there was a way that you could get the clear liquid out of the lard and you would use that for your lamps. And it was lard lamps. And so when you walked into somebody's house, it's like it all smelled like bacon, which that's not a bad thing. Um, but the... Uh, uh, you, you had limited lighting. So what most people had as their lighting in the evening was you had a fireplace and you had the glow of the fire. And that wasn't very bright. And people typically wouldn't stay up that late. They would go to bed. And that's really how humans are designed. We will have a release of melatonin naturally in the brain uh, roughly starting about 30 minutes after we stop having daylight. That's how we're kind of designed. But if we are having a lot of artificial light in our homes, then that can keep us up longer. Uh, we, we, uh, we don't get that ser or the, the serotonin. We don't get the melatonin release. And, and so it's just not working very well. So, you know, Coming back to, you know, what are some uh, uh, things that are getting in the way? You know, it can also be the amount of artificial light. If you are watching TV, if you've got a lot of lights on, and then you say, well, it's time to go to bed. Well, your brain doesn't understand that yet. And a new thing that I had heard about probably two years ago is with the new flat screen TVs and devices where they emit a frequency of blue that actually triggers the brain into th excuse me into thinking that it needs to be awake. So if you're playing with your phone or a tablet or watching a flat screen TV, that could also be a culprit in making it hard to get to sleep. So let's jump into what are some of the different tips that I give people. Well, one is have predictable, consistent times when you go to bed. Now granted, Again, if you have, uh, if you work swing shifts, that is going to be a big problem. And my tip for you is see if you can get on a consistent shift or find a different job because that's going to keep messing with you and there's not a whole lot that's going to be helpful. Uh, but trying to have consistent times. And the way I tell people to pick their times is... You know, how many, how many hours of sleep do you get? Not everybody gets or needs eight hours of sleep. We need five or more. Five is a bare minimum. So if you're not getting five, you are sleep deprived. I don't care if you're used to it, you're sleep deprived. I'm not even gonna argue it with you. <laughs> so if let's say you wanna be up at six o'clock so you can get ready for work and you normally sleep six hours, count back six hours. And then you should be going to bed at midnight. If you normally sleep eight hours and you want to get up at six, then your bedtime should be 10 o'clock. If you only sleep, you know, uh, five hours, bare minimum, and that's all you want to sleep, then don't go to bed till one. You see, what that's doing is it's kind of crunching in your, your ends. So you're not going to bed so early that you're then waking up early. You follow me on that? So, but anyway, have consistent times. Next tip, 
no napping. I know how it can be when you are so tired and you're ready to take a nap. That's all you need. I just need a little nap. But do your best to avoid naps because what that does is it satisfies your sleep hunger. But if you don't take your naps and you push your way through whenever it comes time to go to sleep, you now have quite a sleep hunger and it's going to be easier to get to sleep and more likely to stay asleep. Now, let's say it's bedtime. You know, you set a bedtime and it's, let's say, 10 o'clock. And you, okay, it's 10 o'clock, time to go to bed, but you're not sleepy at all. Do not go to bed. Stay up later till you get sleepy. Do something that helps you get sleepy. Get away from the television. Don't start a movie where you feel like you have to finish watching it. You know, have some soothing music on in the background. Not something that gets you pumped up or, or driven, but just something that's soothing. Find a non-caffeinated beverage so that, you know, you've got something warm but not too hot that is, you know, that you're drinking. And by the way, on caffeine, if you're having trouble with insomnia, don't drink caffeine after 12 noon. Oh my gosh, that's so early in the day. Yes, it is. But caffeine does have a lasting effect. And so if you're drinking caffeine up until 6 o'clock in the evening, you're still going to have active caffeine in your system. So if you're having insomnia, cut off the caffeine, all caffeine, at 12 noon. See if that helps. Back to going to bed when you're sleepy. If you go to bed and you can't get to sleep after 20 minutes, get back up again. Don't just lay there in bed staring at the ceiling for hours. Get up, do something that kind of puts your mind, you know, into, you know, that lull sleepy thing. Um, there's a podcast that's called Sleep With Me that you can download for free. And it's this, this guy who talks in a rambling kind of way, uh, stammering, and he does it on purpose in order to help people fall asleep. So check out that podcast. Some people love it and some people don't. Uh, he drives some people crazy. He drives my wife crazy. I can fall asleep to him pretty easy. So, you know, you know, having, you know, little tips like that to help you get drowsy if you are not able to fall asleep within 20 minutes. But the thing is, you don't want to just lay in bed awake because then that it kind of goes back to the old classical conditioning. You want your bedroom for sleep. You want your bed for sleep. So if that's the case, don't have a TV in there so you're watching TV and confusing the bedroom now with staying awake and watching TV. Don't read in bed. Get up, do your reading till you get sleepy, then go to bed. You don't want to confuse the bed with reading and staying awake. Same thing with homework if you're taking classes. You know, you want the, the bedroom for sleep, not television, reading, other kinds of things like that. Now, if you're trying these tips and you're still struggling, one of the things you may want to do is find a counselor who's trained in cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. It's a fairly straightforward, very time-limited uh, approach where you uh, you do sleep diaries and the counselor 
helps to identify problematic patterns based on your sleep diary. It's a way of measuring progress as well. They do a lot of education, kind of what I'm talking about today. And uh, usually it's six sessions or less uh, to get a person straightened out on, on their sleep. It's very effective, it really is. Again, there's some things that will not work with it, such as if you've got swing shifts that you're doing, you're gonna have a hard time just because you're in this unstable pattern. Or if you have a lot of struggles with PTSD and trauma, some of my veterans, they had all their traumas at night, you know, doing nighttime ambushes in combat, and this has limited effects with it simply because the, the PTSD needs to be resolved. But cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia is a pretty good one. Uh, I'm trained in doing it. I've done it several times with people. Uh, and there's, there's more and more people that are able to do this. So anyway, that's a little bit on insomnia. And as I look across the room, it looks like my granddaughter has fallen asleep to the sound of her grandpa's voice because I'm talking about her and her eyes are not popping open. So another tip is to have your grandpa do a podcast and that apparently is a great way to get rid of insomnia. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's coming up on a quarter till six and it's time for me to get out and start doing chores. So you have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your coffee. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.